What's up, Gen Xers? I am Stu Monkey, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon, because they're the raddest thing since Max Hedrum. You should totally support them too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up podcast listeners, to episode 84 of the Gen X Grown Up <laughs> podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And you know that George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we're going to check out several new TV series that are all based in the supernatural or supernormal, tell you how to find out just how much Google knows about you, and play a game that simulates working the cubicle, which is especially good for those of us who are sick of working at home. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, for the one guy. I'm tired of wearing my pajamas to work. But I want to work in a cubicle instead. What the hell? Yeah, we'll find out. Well, see, that's called a tease. That makes you want to know more. That's exactly yeah, I, what I, I It works. It works. I want more. Before we dive into those topics, though, we're going to start with some fourth listener email. We got another email back from Jamero, who's written us a few times. Hey, Jamero, thanks for writing. The subject line of his email is high score. Mm, so referring, okay. I'm pretty sure, to that series that uh, we were watching on Netflix. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So Jamero says, hey, guys, like George, I, too, am still watching the High Score series on Netflix. And like George, I, too, think it's great. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I've since watched it, too. Have you, uh, Mo? Have you watched yes, the High I Score? Have, yeah. 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 It's good stuff. So he has a nugget of trivia that I didn't catch. He says, I don't always pay attention to the credits, but I did notice today that the narrator of the series popped up in the credits, and it's none other than Charles Martinet. Yep. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Not a name the average person would know who it is, but I immediately <laughs> recognized. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know. The whole series is narrated by the voice of Mario, Luigi, Wario, Waluigi, and even Parthenox, the dragon from Skyrim. Okay, so I didn't know that. I don't know that one, but all the other ones. <laughs> no, I know, I know who I that is. I played enough Skyrim. Yeah. It's a me, Mario. And <laughs> he, he, he's a talented voiceover artist. He just happened sure. to got that cherry gig as Mario, but he yeah. narrated that show. I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. Well, yeah, very no, cool. He's always at um, Megacon. Like, seems like every year I see him at Megacon. Yeah. Is that right? He's, he's he, yeah, he's pretty much a staple there, I think. Yeah. You know what? If I was the voice of Mario, I'd be at MegaCon too, making money signing <laughs> autographs. You better. Yeah, what? that's true. That's pretty cool. You know, I thought, man, I still have maybe one of those more to watch, that high score series. But he's reminded me now to go back and check that out. It's really yeah. well done. Mm -hmm. Man, they're very, very well done. I hope they continue. You know how they did what they do, the like the toys, toys that made us, made they us. did yeah. more of those right. movies and stuff. I think there's more legs on this. They could oh, do yeah. more. I hope they do. Hey, thanks so much, Jermero, for writing in. We really appreciate that you did. We'd love it anytime the fourth listener writes in. And if you would like your email featured on the show, it's easy. Just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one, and most of them will make the show. All right, with that, let's uh, hop into the meat of episode 84 right after this break. Just when you think you've seen everything on television, meet the women of Cell Block J. The hooker, Bonnie, does more tricks than Houdini. The killer, Dawn, some men would die for her. The genius, Pam, she's brains behind bars. The thief, Eve, she banks only at night. The princess, Vicky, no credit limit could stop her. There's nothing else like it on television. Women in Prison, a new comedy, premieres next. 
My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. We're going to get the ball rolling at the top here with media, as we always do. And, you know, I noticed as we were stacking the show that coincidentally, we're recording on Halloween Day. Today is the 31st. Mm -hmm. And somehow, it's like there's a theme in our media. Every single one of them is like an alien or the the apocalypse or ghosts or something like that. And I swear to God, it wasn't on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) But it did happen. And so if you're listening to this, you know, maybe you're listening to it next year. It's Halloween time. Perfect time. But hey, there you go. uh, Let's start with you, Mo. So you actually had something you were looking forward to based on an Orson Welles classic. What'd you check out? Yeah, it's called War of the Worlds, The True Story, um, which oh. I was like, okay. And I, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be like a documentary about the radio show, you know, blah, blah, blah. Turns out it's not. What it is, is they actually said that the original novel, which took place in like 1900, mm-hmm. that actually occurred. And this is now modern days and they're doing a documentary on it. <laughs> wait, wait. So the, the, the premise is that it wasn't fiction. It, it wasn't real? fiction. Exactly. Oh, well, that's an interesting take. Yeah. Okay. And so they have... They found some found footage from the 1960s of an interview with the last survivor of the of the um, Martian apocalypse, a Martian invasion. And so they took that with some reenactments and they retold the War of the World story. And let me tell you, it was really cool the way they did it. One is because they went to the original novel. So it took place in 1900. Right. And so you see things like people in horse-drawn carriages running from Martians shooting <laughs> ray beams at them <laughs> and stuff. Jeez. And then you also had like, they also had some footage from the military that they had taken at the time, some film that they had classified, but now they declassified it because it's been so long. So they had some like actual footage of like the Martians attacking <laughs> Navy ships and all that <laughs> stuff. So this is actual footage, not to be confused with the reenactment exactly that we talked exactly. about previously. <laughs> <laughs> And it was told like, you know, from the point of view, mostly of the one guy they found the interview for in the 1960s. And his is like a first person account of everything that happened. And it was really? it was really entertaining. Oh, damn. Now, I'm a huge fan of War of the Worlds, but my actual entry vector wasn't the novel. It was the radio play. Right. Sure. And, and not because I was alive then like Mo, but because when <laughs> I collect and listen to old radio shows and that was like, if, if you've only heard of one radio show, you've heard of Orson Welles' oh, War sure. of the Worlds. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was actually a panic and like mm-hmm. they have a monument to that in, in a park that's in uh, in New Jersey. New Jersey. I've gone to yeah. visit, which is awesome. Made a pilgrimage. And I've seen people either talk about there was the Tom Cruise film that was kind of rebased on yeah, it, yeah. but I've never heard of an <laughs> approach like this. This sounds really interesting. They said it, it took you know something that's been done multiple times in multiple over ways, over. like you've seen, yeah. right? And it kind of like went back to the original, and it was just super interesting. It was super fun to watch. Like I said, I sat there and watched. It. I was like, this is like so entertaining. <laughs> you know, you see people like in the long dresses and stuff, and you know, yeah, men, yeah, all the men wearing ties and getting zapped by ray beams, <laughs> and and they show the aliens. Is it the model for the aliens? like the long-legged tripod things? They still had the tripod things, but the way they yeah. showed it, they, they were a lot more mechanical looking. All steampunky yeah. probably because it was... <laughs> yeah, and then they showed like the actual... You actually see the Martians. Ooh, they show you okay. a view of the Martians because they show like a military autopsy of one, mm. you know, because uh, they captured one so they're cutting it open and stuff. And, you know, and it ends the way the book ends. Don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. They all die out from our diseases and stuff. But the way they did it and the approach was so original and it had like... It, 
a documentary reenactment feel to it. So Damn, I definitely I'm, recommend. I'm, I'm sold. That. Where is it? Is it is it On brand Amazon. new? Amazon. Is it brand new? or Has it been out a while? We just um, discovered it. Or no, I don't know. I just saw it. But I think it's relatively new. Yeah. Okay. I'm in. Oh, I'm yeah, definitely yeah, watching. Yeah, that one. yeah, definitely worth watching. So what do you got, George? Uh, I've been having a hard time deciding what to watch because. As we've talked about a couple of times at the beginning of the pandemic, it was hard to find something to watch. All the movies were shut down. It was a drought. Oh, yeah. TV series weren't being made really and nothing was being released. It was there was a drought. Right now, everything is flooding out. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I had so much trouble picking, narrowing down what to talk about in this show. So I decided not to do that. I decided to talk about two things because I always do that. (laughs) George (laughs) It would be George if he didn't flaunt the rules. But I found a way to combine them. So there are two <laughs> series that are both on Netflix. <laughs> They're very short series, though. One only has eight episodes. The other one has six episodes so far. They're both 2020 releases. The interesting thing is, besides them being on Netflix, they're both foreign series about a similar subject. And I guess because Netflix saw me watch one, it started suggesting oh, yeah. the other oh, or yeah. something like that. And now, of course, it's suggesting all this stuff to me all the time. They found out you don't mind reading subtitles. No, they, yeah. I don't at all. <laughs> um, so one of them is called To the Lake, and that one is based out of Russia. It's a Russian TV series all about a disease that starts in Moscow, very zombie-like disease. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. people don't start eating each other. They just die off. So everybody's just dying quickly as soon as they get disease, like within two, three days, you, you die. Uh, the other mm-hmm. one is called Into the Night, which is a French TV series. This may be one of the more unique apocalyptic situations that I've ever seen. These people have to continually fly west around the world because if the sun rises, yeah, if the sun rises where you're at, you're dead. As soon as the sun hits you, you're out. That's it. You're gone. Yeah, the sun's like flaring or something. Well, sort of. It's a polarity reversal thing. Apparently, the sun reverses its polarity every so often, and we just don't really notice it because it doesn't affect us. But in this case, it affects everything. But what I'm really surprised with is just... And I shouldn't be surprised because it's very American centric to say, oh, I'm surprised that other countries make good stuff. Of course they do. (laughs) Right. But these are so good and so well done. And in just a few episodes, which it seems as though when shows are produced in other countries, they do very short episode series. I don't Mm -hmm. know why that is, but, you know, six to ten seems Mm -hmm. to be about it. Whereas in America, if we don't get 20 something episodes in a season, we're like, what happened? Yeah. Where's my show? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Being all the people cooped up on a plane that they're having to continually fly west and land and they only have a couple of hours to get fuel and supplies before the sun's about to rise. It's really dramatic and intriguing. Six episodes in that series, about 20 to 30 minutes per episode. So it's kind of like one of those potato chip series. I binged it in one day. To the Lake took a little bit more time because there's eight episodes, 50 minutes to one hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a little, little meaty. Okay. A little bit more meaty, but both are just really good. You start to care about the characters almost instantly. They do such a good job with character development in such a short period of time. And America is still creating good stuff. I'm not saying they're not, but damn, I'm really, really impressed with this stuff from other worlds. And I love that Netflix is giving us an easy opportunity to find these shows. The most striking thing about what you've just said is 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 how how original that is like the 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 first one you said that was oh they're getting sick and kind of they're dying mm. off and whatever that's kind of that's, that's exists in hollywood that's stuff, been around right. but that the, the other one the the one about traveling west all the time that's like a new idea it is <laughs> and that one is yeah. all too rare yeah that one <laughs> kind of caught genuine me off on like new ideas 
I'm like, how are you going to do an apocalyptic thing in an airport? Everybody's just going to get trapped in there, I guess, right. or something. And he's like, exactly. no, this guy just storms this plane and he makes the pilot take off. We got to take off right now. And I'm like, what the hell is he talking? Why they got to take off? And then you start to figure it out. Oh, crap. And the, the different characters they did put in the plane to have the conflicts, the different personality mm-hmm. styles uh-huh. of Matrix. Right. It was a brilliant mix of people. And you, hmm. I think because it's French, you, I, I didn't understand who was going to be what character. If it's American, it's going to be easy to tell who's going to be what character type, right? Okay. But yeah, right. It wasn't easy to tell at all. And there was a lot of nuance and subtlety in each one of the characters. And they really bled each one of those storylines throughout the entire series. So you don't just focus on even though the episode titles are named for each character. Mm -hmm. And that may be the main character for that particular episode. They really did a nice melding of all the character storylines in every single episode. You know, I often don't give foreign language stuff a chance just because like I'm passively watching a lot of times and I'm watching something and in a split window, I'm doing something else. So I can't read the captions. Ah, right. That would be a problem. Not that I don't want to read captions. (laughs) Yeah, but most of these are actually dubbed now so they like do Netflix, and they have english yeah. versions but i i don't listen to you watch the, the english language i the watch the you want to watch the original yeah. right it's it's for the same reason you don't want to see you know you don't want to see a reboot or you don't want to see somebody else playing a character you know you want to hear the original voices you know you mm-hmm. talked about how your sons enjoy anime and they don't want to yeah. hear the dub voices they want to hear the original ones and yeah. yeah huh but these are great if you have a moment to check these out to the lake and into the night both of them great series on netflix that's cool yeah all right i think i might all right well i want to know what you're bringing to the table john that we might want to check out in oh, english well, yeah i'm ready and it's uh it, it is an english language so no <laughs> subtitles if you don't want them but not that that's a deal breaker i've just established so when i first heard about this series i imagined the pitch meeting that got it greenlit here's my impression of the pitch meeting i got an idea for a show stars nick frost simon pegg malcolm mcdowell it's got a paranormal twist what do you think? Sold. Oh, I know what show. I know what show you're talking sold. about. I've been waiting for this one. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely sold. Yep, you greenlit. Go. Yeah. So it's a new series called Truth Seekers that's over on Amazon, and uh, it's eight episodes. I'm about halfway through it now. I've watched the first four, and to say it's Nick Frost and Simon Pegg, I think that's that implies that it's them teaming up. But really, Nick Frost is the star of this show. Okay. Simon Pegg is kind of his Bosley. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> he, he assigns him work, right? So Nick Frost plays this character who works at the biggest British broadband installer. He's like a cable guy, right? He okay. goes out, okay. he hooks up your broadband, checks your router. And he's the number one installer. And his boss is played by Simon Pegg. And that's his day job. But on the side, he runs a YouTube channel. <laughs> Sound, huh. I can see why you like this. Then. And on the YouTube channel. He publishes stuff where he's out looking at paranormal stuff all over the countryside. Oh, so, so okay. So it's like one of these yeah. ghost hunter sort of things. Exactly. He's like a ghost hunter or a debunker or something. He gets a partner that he didn't want, and then it turns out his partner's kind of cool, and he likes having the company. And more and more paranormal stuff is ramping up. Like, it's almost like, you know, it's like in the Ghostbusters where it's like, why all this paranormal activity all of a sudden, right? And so- Say this Twinkie's the normal size of paranormal yes. activity. That kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> Did you tell him about the Twinkie? <laughs> right. I like that it it does have an overarching story, but each episode is still self-contained. You can watch just the first one, and there's actually a story with a little beginning, a little middle, and an end. Okay. But it's contributing to the overarching story of this increasing paranormal stuff. And maybe- the highlight of the show is Malcolm McDowell, who plays Nick Frost's <laughs> father in this. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. And when I first saw him, I'm like, is that Malcolm McDowell? Holy Lord, it is. And he's fantastic. 
He's kind of a grumpy, curmudgeon-y guy. At one point, he tries to post a video online, but accidentally, like, the, the rabbit ear filter pops up on him. <laughs> you know? <he's, laughs> it's cute. It's not fantastic. Let me tell you that up front. If you're waiting for, hey, this is the second coming of the Ghostbusters. It's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread because it's a comedy and it's hard. No, it's not that. It's a British kind of a slow burn, subtle humor, but it's it, it fun to watch. And I'm definitely going to finish it. I, th- I think it's eight episodes, as I said. I've got through the first four. I keep wanting to plow through it. You almost don't need my recommendation to tell you. I mean, you know it's Nick Frost. You know I mean, it's yeah, British. It's, it's you know Malcolm McDowell. It's going to be so bad, right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. It, it, it's probably as bad as it could possibly be, and which is actually pretty good. So yeah, so Truth Seekers is well worth your time over on Amazon. It's brand new. I think it just dropped, I don't know, like last week or so oh, you know, wow. at the time okay. you're listening to this. So uh, it, it's one of those, man, streaming stuff is getting the axe left and right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a little hesitant to enjoy something new like this. But but why? It's it's Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. I mean, that's all. When you said those two words and I you were done, I remember. Well, because yeah. I remembered seeing some promos for it and I was waiting for it to come out because it reminded me so much in the trailer of Spaced. If you ever watch that series yes. with yeah, yeah, those yeah. two guys, it has that same kind of feel from the trailer. I don't know yep. because I haven't watched the episodes yet, but I've been dying for a rebirth of Spaced or something like it from those two guys. You're going to get that vibe. It sounds like this You're might gonna be get it. it. Yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely bare. My face doesn't have a stitch on. And it looks and feels better than ever. Because before I put anything on, I cleanse and moisturize with nothing but Almay. Because Almay is nothing. is really something. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. All right, so let's get into tech and toys. So I have something that's a little kind of weird. So I'm going to let George go first, and then I'll do mine right after. Him. Well, at least so. you have something. Weird <laughs> the best announcement I've ever had in my life. I have something weird. So here's George. Exactly. Speaking of weird, here's George. Speaking of weird, <laughs> I figured George, you know, he, he, you kind of lead us into it. So get George. Okay. Got for us. I, I don't think this is going to lead you into anything weird, but I'll give you a shot. Um, <laughs> so we've been all experimenting and using our 3D printers. Mo already had one before John and I did. Right. John and I got one through this Ender CR6SE fiasco Kickstarter <laughs> thing. Uh, yes. Mo picked one up as well. I got mine last and everybody knows, you know, what we talked about here on the podcast about how frustrating that was for me. However, once I got mine, just like John and Mo, I loved it. It's great. It prints beautifully. I got the extra little PEI build plate, so I don't even have to worry about any of that glue stick stuff or hairspray or any of that kind of stuff. I just, mm-hmm. you know, have that removable plate. Everything sticks to it perfectly. It's been awesome. It's been great. And then I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop <laughs> any moment. <now. laughs> it's been going great. 
I came in one morning and a print had only printed about halfway and it was sitting there and there was some stringing where it had stopped doing everything properly. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on here? And I looked and my filament sensor didn't have the blue light. So I'm like, okay, there's no filament, but I'm looking on the spool and it's got plenty of filament. I realized the filament itself had snapped. So it had Hmm. broken off mid print. Hadn't seen that before. Hmm. So it was a new thing for me. Then I was trying to feed new filament in and it it wouldn't let me feed it in as I went through the filament sensor. That was fine. But when I got to the extruder, it just wouldn't go anywhere. I couldn't get it to push through. And the extruder on the CR sixes, it's a plastic covered little thing. So once you feed the filament into the first entry point, you can't see what's going on inside the mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's completely and it's a bit finicky at best anyway. It is because it's got that little swing arm that you use to lock and unlock it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't feel like it really works well. <laughs> and it's all made out of plastic And so I'm like, okay, well, I just need to take this thing apart so I can see what's going on inside. So I undo the couple of screws and I go to pull the lid. What happened last time you did that? (laughs) That's what happened. That's the only time the spring went everywhere. Plastic pieces fell everywhere. Okay. And I'm like, oh, crap. It just exploded. Yeah. And there was no way really to put it back together. The way they've assembled this thing, it's it's not easy to put it back together once you've taken it apart. And once you take it apart, it's going to explode. There's no way around that, really. So it's kind of like a self-destructive device. Like they put it together in zero G in a barium chamber (laughs) underwater. Exactly. That special tool used just for putting this together. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I went to the Facebook community that CR... 6SE has developed online mm-hmm. and I went over there and I asked the question you know what's going on how do I do this well I took some pictures and one of the people on there suggested hey why don't you just go buy this extruder ex- instead it's an upgrade it's all metal and it's 10 times better and I'm like I've got to buy an upgrade now for the thing that I've only had for about a month that right. sucks okay I'll go do it so <laughs> I went to Amazon <laughs> and I looked it up and it was only 12 bucks it was eleven ninety nine. oh well, okay that's awesome. oh, that's okay. nice that's no, a big that's deal. Not, that's not now, huge, yeah. the extruder is originally had been developed for the Ender 3 Creality printer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is the one Mo has, right? You have yes, it yeah, I think so. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. But it fits and lines up perfectly with the filament sensor that's on the CR6 SE. Oh, okay. So got it in. It's all in parts in a little plastic bag with a little note stuck in that has a one-page diagram of how to... Wait, it's all in parts? It's pre-exploded? It's pre-exploded. You got to put it together. (laughs) It's like Ikea. (laughs) And so I didn't touch it for like a day or two. And then I finally said, okay, I'm going to see if I can put it together. It was much simpler to put it together than I expected. Hmm. Yes, it had maybe five or six screws and a couple of things you had to put together. But it was so simple. It fit easily with the stepper motor and the level, the little plate that's on the back mm-hmm. of the CR6 SE. And now I've got this brand new, nice, all metal extruder. It doesn't have a cover over it, so you can see everything as it's happening. You can see the gears moving. You can see the filament feeding through. You can see exactly what's happening with your device. Yeah, way, way better. Now, I have had a couple of filament breaks since then. No big deal now because I can see everything, and it's got this little trigger thing to release the spring. Nothing at all now for me to check out because I got this really crappy filament on the first purchase, and I I won't be buying Sunloo filament again. If you're in the market, don't ever buy Sunloo. Remember I told you that I actually had bought some Sunloo and I was just using it the other day and it broke off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it must so have I'm a like, brittle okay, problem. I'll not be damned. buying yeah. Sunloo anymore. I will not be on that brand. But this extruder from 
this Ender 3 extruder upgrade kit. And Mo, I gave you a link so you can put it down in the show yep, notes. Absolutely. It's well worth it if you have a Creality printer. I would highly suggest going out to buy this, even if you don't have any current problems with your extruder. Oh, so you're, you're pre-answering my question. That was my follow-up. <laughs> so if you have this printer, even if yours isn't broken, you're having a, as enough of a better experience with it that you would recommend upgrading, even if yours is working. Absolutely. Huh. And for 12 bucks. Yeah. For 12 bucks, it's so worth it. And those little plastic extruders that come with this device, I'm not saying they're all bad. I don't know how many of them are going to mess up because mine didn't mess up. I just didn't understand the problem that I had with the filament at the time. But taking it apart to figure out that that wasn't the problem mm, caused yep. me a bigger problem. All right. 12 bucks spent. Roger yep. that. Already ordered. <laughs> So, Mo, I don't know how that feeds into your weird thing, but it doesn't I'm really, but see now. It, it really doesn't, but that's okay. I, I just wanted something in between, just a buffer. Uh, okay. So, um, I was listening to this thing because, you know, I don't know if you guys heard, the government's going after Google for antitrust and all that stuff going on right now. Yeah. When aren't they? I was listening to a report on it, and the guys, of course, they were saying that how much information Google has on everybody. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys on the thing said, hey, do you know that you could actually go see how much data Google has on you and what they're tracking, which I had no idea you could do that. Right. And so if you go to a website, myactivity.google.com. Uh-huh. Going right now. It will tell you, well, one, it'll tell you what it's tracking and you can actually look and see all your history. By the way, you type you. in MYA, it's the second search result because I just <laughs> I think, did it. I think, I think a lot of people heard this report. <laughs> right. One that I looked at because it, it was one kind of interesting and embarrassing, some of the stuff I've been searching. Um, <laughs> just, you know, you look back in time, I'm like, what the hell did I do that for? But also it gives you all the options for turning things off and some other stuff that I think may be useful for people. Oh, yeah, I see that. Like one of my Google accounts, location history was turned off. But this other one, everything is turned on. Web app activity, location, yeah. YouTube history. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. And plus, don't forget, YouTube is part of Google. So they have all your all right, YouTube all your history YouTube as searches. well. Yep. Damn, look at all. Oh, I'm in so much trouble. Oh, look, I, I can, oh, I can see God. what apps I've played on my Android phone. Now, so that's mm-hmm. something you wouldn't have. We wouldn't see, Mo, because you no, have Apple. Is that how they're... Because every time I go to watch something on Netflix, <laughs> then all of a sudden Google starts giving me search results about whatever it was I was watching on Amazon or Netflix. Or oh, yeah. God oh. damn. Oh, yeah. Yep. Look at this. I watched Big Brother. I don't remember watching that. I don't think I watched that. <laughs> Keep denying. Hey, here's one. Okay, Boomer, why me? <laughs> Your shorts came up on YouTube. <laughs> all right. So, so Mo, now you have access to all this. So now that you've seen everything Google has on you, does it bother you? I mean, yes and no. Um, no, in a part that there's nothing really that anybody that's looked through my history is going to get bored. You know? It's mm-hmm. like not, yeah, me it's too. Not anything, yeah. You know, it's not like they're going to see like, oh my God, he's looking up how to build, you know, nuclear explosives or anything like that. That and most of my searches are actually our own website. So if they want to do that search, hey, it makes sense. <laughs> that's great. Right. Know, that's great for us. But the thing is that this is where, how Google monetizes you, essentially. Damn that's it. That's right. All this information. They recorded that I was searching for leaked nudes. Shit. <laughs> See, there you go. Damn it. <laughs> I'm getting divorced. And part of me is wondering, like, because you say, George, I had the same experience. Where I'm sitting there like, why is it that Amazon is suddenly recommending products that I may have just kind of looked up through a Google search, just kind of curiosity or something like that? Yeah, right. Yep. Well, here's all the information where they're doing that. And so this is Google's product right here, what you're looking at. Yeah, you're the product, what you yep, do. You yeah. are the product. 
You know, that stuff never bothered me because first, when you sign up for something, you tick that box that says, yes, you can gather information. Exactly. That's why it's free. So you can not tick that box. That's totally optional. But two, if you're going to see ads and crap, I personally would rather see ads that are relevant to me than seeing an ad for, I don't know, you know, you know, hair straightener or something. I don't need that or whatever. (laughs) Pots and pans. I'm not looking in the market, you know, so it doesn't bother me. But I understand why people, I think they feel if, if, if you can see what I'm doing, someone else is looking at and curious, but nobody else is looking at that. It's it's being used by a computer to serve you ads. Right. Yeah. Google's not selling this information per se, right? Yeah. I don't know. George, does it bother you to know that they know you search for leak nudes? <laughs> well, I mean, no, because, you know, I'm, I've got good taste. So the leak nudes I'm searching for are quality. top quality. Premium. Nudes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, I the thing that I started to notice, and it was probably about a year, year and a half ago, I hadn't really paid attention to it too much before that, but I would watch a series on Netflix or on Amazon or something like that. And then I would switch over to YouTube to watch a few videos. And I would notice on my homepage, my suggestion page, something about that character or that actor or that series would somehow make it into there. And I had never searched on YouTube for that thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. And right. so that's when I started to realize, oh, of course, cross-platforming and they're, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm on Netflix and it's going through one of their browsers or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I don't mind too much. At, actually, I don't really mind at all. Mm-hmm. Like you said, yeah, John, you agree to it when you sign up. But oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not really doing anything that if somebody came and asked me, it, it, it wouldn't embarrass me to say it in front of anyone. So right. I, yeah. I'm not trying to hide anything. There's nothing right. there for me to worry about. There's nothing that's ultra private, although I completely understand a lot of people's viewpoints that they don't want anything they do to be used by a company for profit that doesn't also profit that person. Now, me personally, the profit I see is that, like John said, it's kind of like my mm-hmm. own little echo chamber. I search for something over here and it mm-hmm. pops up a new thing over there. And so I get to enjoy more about the stuff I'm already enjoying. So yeah. I'm okay. No, I agree. Thank you. So one thing though, I did notice on like my YouTube side is that you know how you're scrolling through youtube and some it'll start playing a video sure well apparently that counts as a view even if i'm like scrolling and i put my phone down yeah mm, yeah and, yeah. and, and it happens you, to fall on a certain video it's going to count that as a watch which i was like yeah, sure because some of that stuff i'm like i really don't care about women who crochets cat mittens or something like that you know <laughs> yes you do <laughs> okay maybe i do that one but the rest of them it's like so one i didn't realize that those actually counted like as her views that they're tracking even incidental stuff that you know maybe you you slowed down because something was kind interesting that you moved on mm-hmm. after it like that's a pretty cat oh never mind right oh, yeah, exactly but with this tool i assume you could go and purge that from your history is that what the whole purpose that, of this yeah, is you could or? turn it off okay or you could turn it off and i don't know if it purges what's already there i don't know exactly how there that was works. a delete thing on the left side menu i didn't oh, okay, go into go. it but it looked like there was a way to delete some delete things. activities I don't know stuff if you like can that. delete right. everything or just certain things yeah but and yeah. you could turn off tracking on a lot of these like I, mm-hmm. luckily i saw that like all my web activity was already off which i remember doing that way back when but apparently i did and that's the other half of this, right? So responsibility online too. Yes. Like I said, when you sign up, the box is ticked. It's up to you to go and say, I would like you to not do this because that's how they make money. That's why Google's free. That's why right. you don't have a you know $4.99 per month subscription to Google because they make their money off of harvesting this stuff. But they give you the option. So use it. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I didn't know this page existed and it doesn't bother me, but thank you for showing me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be looking at it ever again, just in case my wife walks in. But... <laughs> 
it. I don't want it on the screen. <laughs> if nothing else, it's interesting because one thing you do, like if you have location services turned on, I don't know if you do or not. Oh, yeah. D- dig into that and you see a map of every place you've been. Oh, yeah. I see it on my phone all the time. That's yep. very cool. Yep. It's just more of a PSA kind of thing. Hey, it's out there. Take a look at it if you are concerned about it. Right. If you're like George and don't want your wife to see it, definitely take a look and delete it. And purge it out. <laughs> or just not show it to her. That's pretty straightforward. That's probably the better option. Like, yeah. hopefully she's not listening to this and she's going to like, when you walk out of the room, she's like, move oh, over. Oh, don't worry. She won't listen to anything that George does. It's fine. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's true. Recorded her otherwise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he has to say. So now to bookmark this kind of weird little thing in the middle. So we have now John. So you have something that kind of helped kind of bring us back to normalcy. Yeah, definitely a tech toy that has been around for a while, but I always thought was shrouded in mystery that I'd really have access to <laughs> that, I, that I stumbled across. So speaking of your Google activity, so browsing something and an ad popped up on you know, Facebook or somewhere, I don't remember where it was, that, that showed like a little scenario in this video where someone took a picture of someone or the little video, that turned out great, I'll post it online. And I'm like, oh, well, be sure you tag me. And the other person goes, well, I need your information. And they just pull out this little credit card and they just hold it up to the back of their phone and bloop, it pops up with all of their links and their Instagram account and everything. Like mm. this, it's like near field communication stuff. You have to right. scan it, yeah. there's no, nothing like that. And it's the same way that Apple Pay or Samsung Pay or any of those, Google mm-hmm. Wallet stuff work. And I'm like, that's some cool tech. But I didn't know that I could use it. I thought you had to be like a credit card company to make these or, you know, somebody that does the security stuff. And so, uh, spoiler alert, I ordered one of these for Gen X Grown Up and I ordered three <laughs> of them. One for me, one for George, one for Mo. It's going to be a Christmas cool. gift. Hey, here's this little card. It's awesome. You hold it up to the back of a modern phone and it pops up with this thing. I'm like, that's amazing. Spoiler for my Christmas gift, apparently. Well, yeah, here's why. Here's why. <laughs> okay. So they're like 20 bucks a piece for these cards. But I'm like, they're programmed and okay, that's fine. So I started digging a little bit. I paid $60 for a technology lesson to find out (laughs) that near field communication is widely available. I can buy these cards blank, which I have done now. I have an app on my phone that can read or write data to these (laughs) NFC things. And I bought 30 of these cards for about five bucks. <laughs> yeah. But here's the really cool part about why it's neat. <laughs> so my, how I envision this, I mean, you can see where I'm going, Mo, George. Yeah. So we're at conventions, we're meeting somebody. I want you to have me on your phone. I want you to find my website. I want you to find my YouTube. I want you okay. to find the podcast. I'm glad you elaborated on that because that phrase just kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> just let me finish the whole sentence okay. before you are totally appalled. <laughs> But yeah, you want people to be able to find your, all your stuff on their phone and they go, how do you spell it? Oh, it's all one word. Gen X dummies. No, it's, you know, no, just blip this. <laughs> and they don't want to do the QR code because they got to find a camera app. Right. So it was literally the magic was you just touch it to the back of the phone and bang, you're there. And that's what you could do with these NFC cards now. And you could put them anywhere, right? You could mount them to a table. You can mount them on a poster or whatever. And you can program. I've learned so much into this. The, the product that I bought was... All you did, you blipped it, it went to a website. And that website was curated by this company and you could put your digital accounts in there. And I tested that. But now since I've got the programmable ones, which you can put anything, you blip it and it just says, hello world. You can blip it and it goes to a website. You can blip it and it you know goes to a link online and plays a video, whatever. You can literally have one of those that will take you straight to a specific YouTube video or whatever by just touching your phone to it. And... <laughs> Maybe I'm behind the curve. I didn't know NFC was accessible so easily and so programmable from your phone without buying any extra equipment. Am I alone in that? Did you guys well, know you can no, do I mean, all that? So, so number one, you are old. That automatically puts you behind the curve. Fair. However... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think you're too far afield on this because working at one of the largest data centers here in Florida, we do talk a lot about security, NFC, all that kind of stuff. It happens, you know, our customers, we get audits all the time on this. There are not a lot of private sector people that have a lot of experience in this. All of hmm. this NFC stuff is mainly still based in companies like big companies or governmental agencies that kind of or thing. people who sell them for 20 bucks a pop it's not it's the a lot of security, average right? consumer it's, it's, doing this stuff yeah it's like door locks and stuff like that mm-hmm. a lot right yeah. yeah well and that's what we we have it for a couple of different things at our data center door locks we're also in development of a passwordless security system for all of our uh, systems and everything that we do so you know, like right now you log into an application or your computer or whatever, and you have to use a password, right? Mm-hmm. We're on the next generation now of moving away from passwords completely. No user accounts, no passwords. You just All have physical. either bio or an NFC card or some combination thereof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that Two security. Factor that with those or something. Yeah, TFA, yeah. right. Yeah. So I don't think you're behind the times on this because this is not hugely used or accessible in the consumer community yet. Hmm. Now, my thing was, I thought that they were cool, but there was like some huge process to get them programmed. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Yeah. Like you, or you had to get them made programmed already or something along those lines. You know, like it wasn't something you could just just program yourself. It just seems counterintuitive. There's no battery in it. There's, yeah. It's how do you how do you do it? What's the magic or some kind of, you know, a memory card type stuff in there. But you can I have an app and I'll give you a link both to the little sample cards that I got Mo from Amazon and also mm-hmm. that web that uh, phone oh, okay. app that I used that can read or write. It's all you free download and you're doing anything. And imagine the, you know, the flexibility that you could do. You know, if, if somebody imagine a store that uses these for advertising, you know, you mm-hmm. walk up and you want to see a review of a product, touch your phone to it, and literally a video starts playing. And we use that yep. for our purposes at conventions, for promotion. That it's boundless and it's a brand new toy that I now, what can I do with it? What cool things can I program? How many cards did you buy? I think it was a little stack of 30 or so <laughs> for like five bucks. Yeah. And they sell them in little dots that are adhesive because they see the possibilities. It's so. well worth it and it will will become the next version of the business card. We've had the transition, right? You had the physical Mm -hmm. business card that was the piece of paper that you would keep in a Rolodex or in your wallet or whatever. Then you had the transition step of, oh, let me take a picture of your business card and it'll automatically update to my contacts or something like that, right? And there were all kinds of apps about that. This is the next step in that evolution. Eventually, there'll be another step later on. But I think this is really great for us, in particular, Gen X Grown Up, because now in Instead of carrying 57 business cards in my wallet to hand out as I meet people out in the world, now I can just tap this to the back of their phone. It takes them to a subscription page or to the podcast page or whatever we program Mm -hmm. it for. I think that's awesome. And because there's some novelty, like, you know, imagine someplace like, did you try the thing where you touch your phone to it? It's like magic because it's new enough that people will do it to try it. And uh, haha, you now have links to us. Right. We win. Yeah. (laughs) It's cool. (laughs) So it's a new toy to play with. It's not, uh, it's not a new extruder and it's not as weird as (laughs) Mo's history of his Google activity. But uh, yeah, it was something that I found pretty cool. (laughs) What if I took one of your cards that you had programmed for a certain thing and then I reprogrammed it when you weren't paying attention so that when people tap their phone to it, it brought up your Google history. (laughs) So keep it away from George. Okay. Two quick comments. A, you could totally do that. It's really easy. And B, you son of a bitch. Don't you dare do that to me. (laughs) When you're in the market for an imported luxury sedan, you're in among cars costing serious, very serious money. And just when there seems no end, Mitsubishi introduces the new Galant Sigma. 
with a wealth of features, including 3-liter V6 power and ABS anti-lock braking, all for well under $20,000. The new Galant Sigma, a serious luxury sedan, at a price that's not too serious. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game <laughs> segment. He's in full effect today. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I had to reach down real hard. I, my son had a football game last night, I and know we won 53 to 26, and my voice is gone <laughs> after that game. So Cheering on. It's expensive yeah. work. Yep. But I can't let down the game segment, and yep. I'm always looking forward to listening to the games that you guys are playing because half the time I have never even heard of the game, but it turns out to be a great one. So, John, what game are you playing this week? <laughs> well, I'm playing a game that's not safe for work. <laughs> awesome, because I'm not at work. <laughs> and the game is called NSFW, Not a Simulator for Working. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, cool. So let me start by telling you, this is not a deep, involved game that you're going to think about when you're not playing it, that you can't wait to get back to. This is a glorified mini game that costs $2.99. That being said, you should definitely go spend $2.99 for the goofy shit that takes place in this game. Okay. Is this a phone-based game or a PC-based game? I'm playing on a PC. I'm playing okay. it on Steam. Uh, we'll have a link uh, in the show mm -hmm. notes where you can go and grab it. You can get it through Humble. There's an affiliate link for us if you want to help us out. But yeah, the, the concept is, I mentioned at the top of the show that remember when you used to go to work, like go to work and sit all day <laughs> at your desk and you, you kind of do some work, but sometimes you do other stuff. You goof off online, you watch videos, you do stuff. The premise of this game is that you are an employee working at a company named NSFNW, <laughs> okay. which is the name of like the four people that work there, the, the, the owners or something. At your cubicle, you, you log into the computer and the whole concept is you're supposed to spend as much time watching porn as you possibly can, but oh, make sure you hide it every time someone walks by and you don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the concept. So at the beginning of each day, you pick a specific porn site and, and, and video you you want to try to watch that day. And by the way, it's all delightfully, humorously, irreverently pixel-based. There's nothing profane in it other okay. than it suggests horrible things, right? There are videos like Gone Bananas, Furry Story, The Pizza oh, Guy, Unreal Taxi, Nine Inch Chocolate, whatever. <laughs> So each day you sit down your computer and log in, you pick one and you start in the super dumb animations. It's just goofy stuff. It's like, like three frames of pixely animation and you're watching something. You listen for footsteps. If someone walks by, you right click real quick and it goes to a spreadsheet. <laughs> nice. And when they're past, you resume and there are some mini games where you catch hearts that are flying or whatever. It's just a silly little mini game, but you have to always pay attention to who's walking by and you get points for interacting with people, acting like you're working and having discussions. But as soon as they step away, you right click and you're right back to the goofiness. Oh, that's funny. 
So, so what happens when you get caught? Well, the end of the day, you fail. The, the goal is to make oh, it through okay. this whole week, I think. And if you get caught, you got to go back to the beginning of that day and try again. Okay. It's again, it's not in depth. It's not, <laughs> it's not character building. There's not a world with a story. It's just a guy trying to watch porn at work and you got to make sure he doesn't get caught. And that's it. <laughs> Hope so, he doesn't check his Google history. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You, you have to use the incognito browser. I'll tell I'm you all about that I'm searching for nine inch chocolate as we speak. <laughs> Oh my god, don't I just do that. want that in my Google history. <laughs> <laughs> So NSFW, not a simulation for working, $2.99. Just spend three bucks and go try it. It's silly. It's funny. You'll get some chuckles out of it. And it's 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 worth it'll, it'll burn a few hours of, of your day. You can go back to it again and again, too. There's always more silliness waiting for you. George, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I have to say about this game. Okay. So, I think you said enough. Let's go on to your latest entry in your A to Z games of Steam that you didn't play but bought. Yeah, what letter are we up to? We're up to the letter R in the alphabet soup, you know, Steam gameplay through stuff. Oh, the pirate's favorite letter. R. Yeah, R had quite a few, um, <laughs> quite a few choices, but the one I I ended up landing on, I'm I'm very very happy. R is for Rive Wreck Hack Die Retry. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting title, but I'll give you the yeah. description from okay. the Steam page, and then we'll go from there. So this 360 degree shooter slash platformer hybrid lets you choreograph a dance of destruction in insanely spectacular battles and set pieces. Rive feels like the explosive games of yore pumping megapixels in true 21st century style. Okay. Yeah, that tells you nothing about the game. (laughs) It doesn't. (laughs) So essentially, you're this little guy who controls this little robot and this ship comes out of nowhere as you're going through this asteroid field and that's how you get to it the first part of stage one which is really the introductory and tutorial section of the game you're doing like um like a side scroller game but it's asteroids that you're blowing apart so it's kind of like asteroids mixed with scramble a little bit which was really fun i'm like oh this is awesome i could do that. that's cool but then immediately once you get through that part of the stage you land upon this ship that was hidden in the asteroid field and it's this old derelict ship but this guy wants to salvage stuff from it so he sends his little robot guy in there and now you're going through the ship and there are defense mechanisms that are trying to kill you and there's warp things and there's ways to add on to your guy like there's these little upgrade stations and stuff it is so so on the ship is where the game takes place there's a robot doing stuff okay yeah Yeah. all right and the the guy who's controlling the robot the character that you inhabit like he pops up in a video feed every now and then and he's typing stuff to himself and he's giving himself like a list of things that they have accomplished that day at the end of it it's really fun it's cool it's i can't really describe it any better than that and i'm enamored with this little droid robot thing that you control he's metal and he's round and he's kind of spider-like but he's so goddamn cute that I can't stop playing this game. <laughs> oh my God. I love this little guy. He's just so adorable. He, he's so awesome. So you can't overestimate the quality character design, make you want to keep no, playing. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And they've done a really good job with this game. This game was published in 2016 by a company called two tribes publishing. So it's another one of these independent games, mm-hmm. man, they did a top notch job with this thing. I mean, I'm really blown away by it. It's really great. Wow. Okay. 
okay, so what, what is it? How, how much does it, I know you didn't pay this, but what does it run? How much does it cost to buy? I mean, now you've got me wanting to buy it. So I got to find right. out if it's worth it. Well, so there's, there's a little bit of caveat to that. So uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> we are recording this on Halloween, October 31st. There is currently a sale. Unfortunately for everyone listening to this podcast, it ends on November 2nd. So a few days before the podcast. Oh drop. no. Oh yeah. Right now the game is 90% off. So it is a dollar <laughs> 49 during this sale. The regular <laughs> price. Not safe for work. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the regular price for this game is $14.99. Now I'll say this. I think it's still a hell of a buy at $14.99. I think hmm. I'm not going to say you're going to get your Corys out of it. I don't know that you're going to get 15 hours out of this game, but I have been <laughs> right. playing it for about an hour so far, and I'm through stage one. I don't know how many mm. stages oh, yeah. there are. Doesn't okay. really tell you that yet, but there are a lot of different ways to play, so you might get 15 hours because not only is there the single-player game, there's also a multiplayer capture the flag version of it, and there's a couple of different things that get unlocked in the menu. So you have different options and styles to play the game i haven't tried any of the other ones yet but i'm definitely going to well but you know what i mean the bottom line is we're up to r now and several games you've gotten to this point and you were already so frustrated that like it wouldn't launch right or didn't play mm -hmm. right or yeah you know something was frustrating and you've got none of that so out of the gate you've already had a great time yeah absolutely because you don't pull the punches when you have trouble like the shit won't launch and it's in the wrong size window <laughs> and it keeps crashing you let us know especially but none of that here yeah because with steam you should never have that experience, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Steam should just work. You click a button, the game should start playing. That's what Steam should do well. And sometimes it doesn't. But in this case, it definitely does. Okay. All right. All right. So let's get a catch up then on the A to Z. So we're up to sure. R. We only have seven or eight, eight, eight left, eight letters left coming yeah. up. In the, yeah. So where are we at now in our spreadsheet? Well, so right now, this was a game. Uh, it was released in 2016. I bought it in 2017 as part of the Humble, Very Positive Bundle number two. Not number one, but number two. Oh, I bought okay. the bundle for $7.38, so <laughs> half the price of the game. <laughs> How many games were in that bundle? Is that curiosity? There were 12 items in that bundle, so Jeez. this game cost me $0.62. Cents. That's cheaper than what I could buy it for now. It, it is cheaper than what you could buy it for today. By half. <laughs> <laughs> I have spent a total now on the individual games of $7.22. They would have cost me, goodness, what, 270 something dollars at this point at regular price. Steam prices. Gee, yeah. Whiz. So, or no, that's my savings. How much would they have cost? Good Lord. I don't know. I don't even, even know where more. I'm at now. Hundreds of dollars and you've spent yeah. seven bucks. Yeah. So, <laughs> it, and of this game, if you couldn't already tell, you know, I usually try and give a rating. I would give this one four and a half tokens out of five. Yeah. It sounded, it sounded like you loved it. That's it's great. one of my more enjoyable games on the list. I've had several threes several fours one five with oxen free which yep. if you haven't gone and bought it yet go buy oxen what are you free waiting on it. yeah that's right yep. yeah but yeah this game is a really close runner up to that so far i'm really enjoying it all right i'm sold you sold another copy i'll go get it <laughs> yeah While it's on sale especially Sorry, for listeners, a buck, but, i mean two bucks know, i mean geez. these things if you're interested but don't want to pay the 15 bucks if it's on sale for 90 percent off that tells you there probably will be shortly like so yeah, yeah it will be again. there's gonna be a fall sale or a christmas sale coming up if you wait a few weeks it's probably gonna go on sale again because because yeah, it's at that you point. know, keep checking things like, is yeah. there any deal? And you'll for sure. find it oh, for yeah. cheaper than the fourteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, or buy. I'm sure a humble bundle will throw it into another bundle at some point too. They probably will. No question. Yep. Now, before we get out of here, George, since you have all of these, we've typically mm -hmm. uh, had a giveaway. Do you have another title to give away this episode? 
I do. Absolutely. Yeah. So this time we've got a game that I know nothing about again. It's called King's Bounty Dark Side. So I don't know if there was a King's Bounty Light Side, but this one is King's (laughs) Bounty Dark Side. It's like duct tape. There's a dark side and a light side. Also the force. Yeah. Uh, I think the the subject for the email to write in this week ought to be my little robot because I'm still so enamored with my little guy from Rive. All right. But yeah, if you're interested in getting a free game, that's really just think about it like that. All you have to do is send us an email to podcast at genxgrownup.com. Put a subject line in there that says my little robot and you get a free game on Steam. That's it. You can play it. You can give it to somebody else, whatever you want to do. But you, you get can make a fun free of it. game. I mean, <laughs> you can do like our patron Mike C did. You can play it, write a review and it's available on the website mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. All right. He got a yep. Kingdom Classic. He and did. wrote a review. Yeah, he did. So. That's right. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. Absolutely. All right. First one to write is going to win a copy of the game. Thanks, George. And we are going to get into our looking forward right after this. You pick them up, pop them in your mouth. Jack in the Box Restaurants introduces finger foods. You pick them up, pop them in your mouth. Take your pick. Crispy egg rolls, golden shrimp, or chicken strips. You just pick them up, pop them in your mouth. Get your hands on our new finger foods at Jack in the Box. Serious food that's fun to eat. All gone. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. As we wind into the back half of the show here, we always like to take a moment to talk about the things we're looking forward to. They're going to be released or available to us between now and the next time we get together to speak. Let's get kicked off here with you, George. What are you looking forward to between now and the next episode? Sure. I am looking forward to something that has been released and available to me for over a year now. So it's not anything that's new, but it is something that's been out there for a while and I just haven't gotten around to it. And that is finishing season number two of Star Trek Discovery with my son. Ah, you really should. Yeah, because you watched all of one, <laughs> but you really didn't get into the next season right away, right? Exactly. Well, and I, we didn't really finish number one on par oh. like with everyone else. It took us a little while to go through it. And it's mainly because my son and I, our activity schedules are pretty jam packed. You know, he's got football. I've got, um, um, well, he's got football and well, I mean, yeah, you, you do things. <laughs> yeah, I, I do things here and there. <laughs> But yeah, we have been wanting to get back to it because we did really enjoy season one. We did enjoy the what we've watched of season two. We've got Mm. three episodes left of season two at this point. And then I think there's been three episodes of season three at this point. So we got about six episodes total. We're not Mm -hmm. as far behind as I thought we were, which is nice. And what we're watching is great quality entertainment. We've talked about Star Trek Discovery on the show before and I every episode I watch, I'm like, damn, why am I not watching this every week? This is awesome. And mm-hmm. then two yeah. or three weeks go by and I watch another one. Damn, why am I not watching this every week? This is awesome. <laughs> that's cool. That, yeah. it, that's that's a lot of good television. You're right. That And I, 
I, frankly stunned that you weren't keeping up with it as much of a Trek fan that I know that you are. Yeah. But I get you want to watch it. It's special. You want to watch it with your family. You want to watch it with your son. Yeah, yeah. And that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I'm glad you're catching up. And then we can finally talk about season three once you get right. caught up. So, <laughs> cool. Well, what about you, John? What are you looking forward to? Well, am I looking forward to it? I'm going to watch it. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) It's there. (laughs) It doesn't look great, but the problem is it's got John C. Riley in it. Oh, so you have to watch it. I have to watch it. You have no choice, right? So Wreck-It Ralph is in it. So there's this series coming up called Moonbase 8. Uh, John C. Riley and Fred Armisen, who you've seen a million things. He was in uh, Portlandia. He's the, uh, the comic you see in that. The premise is, I'll just read it. It says three subpar <laughs> astronauts living in NASA's moon base simulator in the desert with high hopes of being the next chosen to travel to the moon. Hmm. Okay. That's the whole plot. So it's kind of like a, a biodome situation right. where these they're, they're trying to prove that they're ready to go to the moon. And I watched the trailer and it's, it, you know, you always put the best stuff in the trailer. And Uh-oh. I watched that and I go, that was cute. But if that's your best stuff, yeah. <laughs> We'll see. But Moonbase 8 will uh, come out. It's on Showtime. It premieres November 8th. I think it's all. It's a short run. It's like six episodes. I'm going to watch it. But it's got John C. Riley. If Wreck-It Ralph is in it, it at least deserves a watch. I, have, have you even seen this? Has it popped up on your feeds at all? It has it not. Not me. No. No? Yeah. You, you see how much hype is behind it, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, we apparently don't search Google enough for John C. Riley, so it didn't pop up. <laughs> that's probably why I got it. That's exactly right. That's why my, my Google Good search point. results. Had me pegged. <laughs> Mo, how about you? What are you looking forward to? So, a little bit ago, I did a brought to you by for a game I used to play when I was a kid called Ace of Aces. You know, it was oh, the yeah, airplane the, war the, one. The yep. physical paper, like pencil yeah, the games. Old, the old school paper game. Yeah. So because of that video, the guy who created the game contacted me because they're doing some new products coming out soon. And I'm getting an opportunity to interview the creator of Ace of Aces. Nice. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. damn cool. That's Alfred Leonardi. So actually, by the time we get back to this, I should have the interview done. Done, uh, and hopefully edited and out there. But I am like super excited because he's did a few games I played as a kid. So I get to grill him. And from everything I've heard, he's just a, a character. So I can't wait. We might that might be on the podcast or on YouTube or whatever. Wherever we put it out, we'll definitely yeah, be link somewhere. to it here and you'll find it. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. In 10 seconds, Diane Miller is going to experience pain. Her body's not the same as it was when she was younger. Even a simple move can trigger it. That's why her next move is to Metaprin. Metaprin has the same medicine as Motrin, and nothing's proven faster for relief of body pain or any kind of pain. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That's going to button up episode 84 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. We're so grateful that you were here with us. We're also very, very grateful of our patrons who support us financially over on Patreon.com. I say it every time. These are literally people that give out of their wallets every single month, a buck or two, Mm. to support what we do here on the podcast over on YouTube and on the website. And if you're not a patron and you're like, why do they always do this? Listen, we love these people. This is why we continue to do what we do. (laughs) They have earned (laughs) their spot on 
on this show and we're going to read and thank <laughs> them every single show. And hey, if you want to get in on it, we're going to tell you how in just a second. But first, we are grateful to you. <gasps> Butter Spider, Marcus, Travis, T2, David, Chewbacca, Ben, Steen, Sean, Jason, Tony, Mike C, Greg Z, Shelby, Dan, Agile, Mark, Davis, Stu Monkey, Levi, Blasted, Stash, Slow Mo, Greg L, Thomas, Jonathan H, Chad, Chet, Dana, Matt, Arlem, and Lee Ooh. are all our amazing patrons who support us every single month. And as promised, if you would like to join this roster, it's very, very easy. George, would you tell them how to get that done? I will attempt to do that, sir. All they have to do is go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Click a couple of buttons. If you don't already have an account, just create one. They're free. They're mm-hmm. simple. They're easy to use. Mm-hmm. And then once you've created that account, you get a couple of choices. You can click a button that subscribes to us for $1 per month. That means you love us. We love you. $2 a month. We love each other doubly as much. $3 a month gets you into all the back behind the scenes kind of hidden stuff that we put out only through patreon.com, which is a lot of fun. And when you move into the $5 per month area, that's when you start getting some of that swag that gets sent to you. Some puzzle cubes or some stickers or who knows what we've got laying around that we're going to send off to you. It's all kinds of fun. (laughs) We really appreciate every single donation that comes in because each one of those donations allows us, as John said, to continue to fund these podcasts and our YouTube channel and our webpage and all the different tools that we have to pay for every single month in order to bring this content to you. We were doing it before we had a single patron. So we were doing this out of our own pocket for quite a while. But now that we have patrons that are paying for that stuff for us with their generous donations, it just makes it all the more important for us to continue to bring you top quality content every single week. It does. It really does. Good one. Yeah, it's motivational. It supports us. It allows us to get more done with less because we don't have to dig as deep in our own pockets. It's so grateful. Well said. Man, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of the show, though. We'll be back in two weeks with a regular show, but next week is our backtrack. We pick that single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. Mo, would you tell the fourth listeners what they can look forward to next week? Oh, yeah. Next week, we're doing one of our ever-popular debates. Yeah. And we're going to do one on Gen X movie remakes. So it's not going to be like, hey, which is the better film? We're going to pick specific attributes of these remakes and kind of debate those rather than the entire films themselves, since most of the remakes really were worse. So (laughs) the the debates are always lively. I'm really looking forward to that one. And I just want to note that it was supposed to be originally me against John. Oh, but But I I don't know whether John was scared. I was intimidated. That's what it was. Or he just didn't feel like doing the extra research work. I don't know which one he wanted to do, but it's going to be me against George, which I am. You guys keep talking about doing research for these debates and that completely stuns me i haven't done research on a single one <laughs> well we have to do research just to get up to your level okay so i'm planning to lose i'm setting expectations here so you know <laughs> but, but win or lose it's going to be a lot of fun it will be and that's coming your way next week so don't miss that one until then i am john george thank you so much for being here yes sir mo you know i appreciate you oh man always fun fourth listener though it's you we appreciate most of all and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. I'm warmed up and ready. <sighs> As much as I will be. Just waiting to see when my voice goes out. I'm going to say like midway through tech. <laughs> like no, right tech. before games. <laughs> I right know, right? Before, the oh, game no. segment. <laughs> Shit, right before. It'll be, it'll be like, it's time for the games. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> 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 yep.
There's <laughs> something for the blooper. You know, he's got football. I've got, um, um, well, he's got football and well, I mean, yeah, you, you do things. <laughs> yeah. I, I do things here. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate got, the laughters. You fuckers. You got, God damn. <laughs> I was trying to say something to up there. You I fucking crickets. <laughs> Thanks for the support. I said you do things. Yeah. After like five fucking seconds of dead silence. Okay. You can edit that out. Don't worry. Right. Yeah. We'll trim that down to four. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. George, would you tell them how to get that done? I will make an attempt at that, sir. So all they have <laughs> to do is go to genx.crumbs. See, Crumb. I couldn't even do it because <laughs> my faith was misplaced. Yep. You, 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 you fell into, right into his Conan role. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Cron, that's Crom. <sighs> yeah. Jesus. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.